0: You are listening to the Trans Narrative Podcast. The Trans Narrative Podcast is dedicated to fostering a safe and inclusive space for the trans community. It provides a platform for trans individuals to connect, share their stories, and find support within their own community. Join me, Caroline Penny, Aria Laki, Christina Primakis, Lucy Balzano, and the rotating panel of gender diverse co-hosts as we create a space where trans voices are heard and celebrated. The Trans Narrative podcast may contain explicit material, sensitive topics, and discussion. Explicit material featured. Parental consent is advised. Well, we're here on the Trans Narrative Podcast, and I'm Caroline, and I'm joined today by some of the most amazing people that I am so lucky to be friends with, Athena Pramakis, Arya Lackey, and Lucy Pazano. And joining What's us today as our lovely guests, it's returning from season one, Mariana Basquette and Marla Alpert in Jesse gender. Hi, everyone. It's so good to see all of you. Good to see you you as well. Good. Um, (laughs) I'm so glad to be back podcasting. This has been um, it's been off and on this year. So it's just good to be here. And I'm just happy to, to have this space to celebrate each other, because I think that in these trying times of, you know, late stage capitalism and just, you know, onslaught of fascism. It's just it's good to come together and find community and and celebrate each other and remind ourselves that there is life outside of activism and politics and and that um and we we'll probably still talk politics, but you know, I just want to celebrate each other because that's uh we don't do that enough anymore. And so I'm just happy to have Jesse and Marla and Mariana here. It's it's really good. And and you, Aria, and Lucy, and Athena. I'm just so happy. So, whatever we want to talk about, let's just start. Jesse, how's how have you been? It's been a while since we've seen you.
1: Yeah, I have been. It's been up and down. I'll be honest, but right now it's doing good. Um, lots of I moved to a new place. So I'm moved down towards Los Angeles way, mm-hmm. and I'm working on a movie, which is you know got delayed because of. Frustrating bureaucracy stuff that I've talked about uh, elsewhere on my channel and things like that. But the movie's still happening. We're filming now in October, it's looking like. So that's really going well. Um, You know, excited with some of the stuff I'm working on and things like that. Um, Yeah, so overall I've been doing good. There's been some personal stuff and then other just internet drama with a capital D um, going on, which is always frustrating and mentally exhausting and tiring and damaging but uh but overall I am I am doing well so yeah that's great I'm so glad to hear that Marla
0: it's good to see you you were here with us back in March and we're happy to have you back here thanks for being here and taking time out of your day Uh, how have you been how's thing how have things been going these last few months
2: uh well we're 36 out oh sorry 36 hours out from uh FFS so that's um all the Uh Right. So um yeah, I'm here on the show, and it's gonna be a completely different face by the time this thing airs. Oh, so
0: oh, oh, it, oh have I have won't it. put the video up just for you. I won't. <laughs> oh, have
1: have fun. like FFS is exciting and awesome, and I'm excited for you. But like, take care of yourself, because I I will be I will say not to not to make you scared. But it was of all the surgeries that I've had, I've had three. Um gender confirmation surgeries that one was the hardest one to recover from so yeah i
2: i have watched many friends closely go through it and Mm -hmm. i mean i think i've done all the preparing that i can possibly do i i have all the stuff i could possibly need um but yeah i mean I, i i think right now i'm most afraid of just one waking up in you know all the discomfort and all the mayhem and um, all the bandages and then the wor oh the worst part of it. I very specifically chose a doctor who was close by um, that works right next to a hospital in the same network. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is great. It's like ten minute drive, this would be fantastic. Well, Mar- I like him a lot, yes.
3: Mar, I'm I'm sorry. I, I just realized who you are? I've I've been like following <laughs> and sharing your TikTok videos. Like I, I I shared a ton of TikTok videos like a week ago, and I was like, well, "Why does Marla look so damn yeah. familiar?" I, it was this one to be specific. Surgery. You're so pretty. You're so uh. fast. <laughs> you know what
2: the number one reason is to beat this filter. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's like I know this person from somewhere. Oh, I'm following them on TikTok. The oh
0: Marla, my God, Marla, will there be will there be a Broadway show celebrating or a big facial reveal that uh, you plan to do?
2: Um, all? I don't know. I don't know. I, I literally I was joking, and I was I, I might do it anyway. But I was thinking about you know how Dylan Mulvaney had that um skirt with the mechanical little things. I was thinking about just getting like a few pieces of long cardboard and cutting them out just going like this
0: yes please do that that would be beautiful <laughs> I would love that so much uh, are you friends you're friends with Dylan aren't you yes oh my god could you like ask them if they'd come on our podcast for us
2: <laughs> next time I see her in person sure <laughs>
0: Oh my God. I've um, asked her so many times I gave her the idea I said you should have the Dylan Mania show and she liked it back in March so she knows mm-hmm. the name mm-hmm. of the show that's exciting but you know should other ground Chelsea Handwiss podcast. No, I'm kidding, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so well, that's so exciting, Marla. I'm really happy for you. This is you oh,
4: personally, oh, I plan on combining my facial feminization surgery with my bottom surgery and getting a Cardassian kind of modification and putting a clit on my forehead.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh I get mine God. in
5: November, so I feel you. I'm scared, but at the same time, I want this so bad.
1: It's it's I mean, very having gone through it's very well worth it, but it is it is a recovery. It is definitely a recovery. I mean, yeah, I think the part. the
5: scary part was also like navigating through insurance because mine had turned me down at one point and then now they're finally covering it, but the doctor the, the surgeon I wanted to see is taking would take like another year, so instead I'm going with Ozaki for um my current one that's gonna be in November.
0: Yeah, so uh um, you'll be on a short head. is from our show for a few months because next month probably when the show airs i don't know so here soon you'll be uh having your own experience with face organization sir Z. yeah
5: really when exciting. i get my new face i'm gonna give you my old one please commit crimes with it mm-hmm. welcome to banks
3: we're gonna be doing it uh face-off style like with john travolta and Nicolas cage um, i'll take the idea i'm down of-
5: marlo will you be my john travolta or my Nicolas cage we can swap faces
2: <laughs> sure 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 oh, maybe that's that's what you know what i want playing when I go under, I want, um, uh, they're going to take your face off. <laughs> they're going to rumble. <laughs>
3: <They're gonna> take...
5: <laughs> I want something creepy. That way I have like nice dreams while I go under, you know, like maybe some like hellish creatures in my dream induced coma. I
3: had one of
0: those. <laughs> they be cute? Oh, I saw demonic symbols in my dream last night. That was, it was it from encased? That's all I care about. <laughs> No, I I was floating up, and the room got red, and I saw devil stuff, and then my partner woke me up because I was making noises. So, oh
4: anyway, sorry. So Mariana,
0: um, um we haven't <laughs> seen you since the day we changed the name of our show officially mm-hmm. on the show. It's so exciting. That was December twelfth. I'm so excited to have you back. It's been so long. Hi. 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 So how's how's it going? How's how's things going for you?
6: It's going. Got to keep trucking. Unfortunately, things are all over the place around here, but you know, I'm not as, not as popular as our other guests. I'm just another random internet goblin just doing you're her thing. You're popular to me,
5: Mariana. and You know that. <laughs>
0: um, uh, I think you're like amazing. Don't, don't underestimate yourself. Oh, I agree absolutely. or I'll come over there. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, you do it. You expected. come
6: out to here to the middle of nowhere and and show me what to do.
5: So give me your address and just see how quickly <laughs>
6: I arrive
3: uh, on the show live. Docs <laughs> herself. I'll docks be like Jesus. Right <laughs> I come early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Marianne, it's good to have you, Jesse Marla. Mm. So I thought today that we would just, you know, as I said, celebrate each other. So I don't know. I've I've been like, you know doing so much in my life lately that I haven't been able to tie. I haven't had time just like, chill out and relax and like lately i have been and it's just been so nice i've been listening to music and and writing and reading my old writings and it's it's just like bringing joy to my life so i'm just happy to to be here you know um i don't know what kind of music everybody listens to but i kind of just like music and i thought maybe i could like make a music podcast one day where i could like super analyze all the songs that i like and like the hidden meanings and how they connect to all the other songs and like the influences that all the artists that I like had on others and then explore them and then like just learn and like you really good and, until like Sugarland will let me meet them and then I'll be happy and I'll be able to die so anyway um
4: women with goals
0: yeah it's big goals big goals but i was i was going to ask i was going to Yeah can we I, get
4: into the yeah, deep,
1: I need to the know I need the answers. content here Jesse, answer for your crimes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I I am I I legitimately literally it is exporting now. I won't. If you want my full thoughts, go watch the video that'll be out by the time. G- this give is us the cliff visit. notes. The I am going to watch version, the video. The cliff notes version of my problem with that episode and the season generally, excluding two episodes, because the, there's two episodes that actually go against this, and I explain why in the video. But my problem with Star Trek: Strange New Worlds is the entire season is this very kind of view, neoliberalist view of trust the system, trust, the, like give yourself over to Starfleet, give yourself over to the system um, and it'll all be fine. Instead of it being about the system, letting you self actualize for yourself. And my problem very specifically with the musical episode is like a lot of the songs are quite uh, about like, oh, we should just give ourselves to Starfleet. Like the final end song of the whole musical is, we know our purpose is to protect the mission altogether. We stand as one uh like like it's 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 this very conformist song about like just conform to the system. Our our entire purpose of human as human beings is to do the Starfleet mission instead of Starfleet enabling them to be their best selves which is what Star Trek should be about and so I actually and and a lot of this season has that like you even get a lot of um, like the whole thing with um, uh, um, Ortegas the whole whole (laughs) season every single beat with her the entire season is I am Ortegas I fly the ship and that beat is reiterated over and over and over again and her identity is linked solely to her function for Starfleet we don't get to learn about why she wants to be a pilot we don't get to and we learn why she likes being a pilot. All we know is that her identity is what she does for Starfleet, and okay. so the whole season is very like conformed to the machine. And I, and and the fact that they mix that with a an episode earlier in the season that's like Starfleet is is a machine that uh, like actually can like oppress people and kick them out for being who they are. I'm like, so you're gonna say trust the system? The system works when you're actually showing that the system can actually harm people, and so I have a major problem with that this season. Uh, and that's my main overall issue with the whole season. My <laughs> issue
5: like going into this conversation is that I wanted to say you're wrong. And you <laughs> convinced me that you're not wrong, but I still don't like it because I <laughs> love the episode. Yeah, Justin. It's fun still realize, love the
1: episode. Yeah, yeah we're going
5: to need you to change reality. <laughs> be more <violent>. going. <laughs> I,
1: ex- right. I was
3: expecting <laughs> a debate.
5: Yeah, I was expecting like we could be like, no, you're wrong on this. You make a very good point. And I see how strong that logic is, and you're right. But I'm still sad because I love well, that. Well, that's habitat. why we have
0: to. That's why we have to go on TikTok lives and just wait for transphobes to come by, and then we can fight mm-hmm. them. Oh I no, can't, thank
1: you. I can I can say this. What I can say as I, I can't specifically talk about it because it's not out yet, but it will be by the time this goes live. Is I got the screeners for Star Trek Lower Decks, and that season actually is fantastic because there's literally an episode where they go, Starfleet is about letting you be your be your weirdo, weirdo self. So like Lower Decks gets it. Strange New Worlds. The I basic think... the way the way that I break it down in the video is Picard season three was like your conservative uncle's Star Trek, yes. where it's like <laughs> yes. oh every like the, what's what like, yeah. get a nostalgia. The next generation is scary, like all oh, the youths are gonna get, turn into the Borg mind virus. Um, like that was conservative Star Trek. Strange new worlds feels like enlightened centrist Star Trek, and then Lower Decks is like like weirdo like leftist Star Trek. <laughs>
5: I love Lower Decks. Oh, yeah, Lower like, Decks. Mariner. Yeah. Am I the only one who sees Mariner?
1: As uh, ha- having some sort of trans queer coding. Oh, she. I mean, she's definitely bi- she's bisexual within the show, so she's definitely queer. Um, yeah, and I figured
5: she's queer of some sort. But there's a couple times where she said some stuff that I've been like, that just sounds like such a trans like. Like, th- th- is there a trans writer on the show? Like the egg scene when she was going through yeah. the mushroom or the the gas, and she was like, "Oh, you got me out of my egg," oh, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh,
1: See, my theory is tendiest trans because um, number one, we learned she has a dead name, the Mistress of the Winter Winter Constellations, that she doesn't oh, like true. using. She uh, they, there's one episode where they say like, "Oh, Orion women have pheromones," and she says, "Not all Orion women do," and she's talking about herself. And so she says, so she's like her, her, mm-hmm. like, she does not like a cis woman uh, in Orion standards. Uh, and then her whole story. And this is, I, again, I can't talk about the episode, but there is a Tendi episode this coming season that I've seen from the screeners. That is quite literally about her being like, I was assigned assassin at birth and I chose to be something else. Yeah.
5: <laughs> okay, Mariner. Is hands down my favorite Star Trek character. If Biff, Tendi and Him Mariner are going to be my like equal favorite characters now, mm-hmm. I love the shit out of them.
0: Marla have also you ever Tawny seen a Star Newsom Trek? is the
1: sweetest person. So anyways.
2: I have not seen any newer Star Treks. My father was like a Star Trek enthusiast. Everything was Star Trek. He watched Star Trek all day, all night, and of course never picked up any of the leftist <laughs> values. But um, um. Yeah, I grew up on um, Mm -hmm. Deep Space Nine and um, Voyager and Next Generation.
3: I've never, chance, I've never Deep seen Space Star Wars. Deep Space Nine is the best one. Correct.
5: Yes.
2: I, I also say. like Deep Space Nine. I will die wrong. No. The best
5: one is the
6: animated series. <laughs>
2: with the
5: packlids first showing up. It has Satan in it for whatever reason. It's fantastic.
3: It it has has giant, okay, it Satan is you can't know. beat no. Giant Spock.
1: I mean I would I love... love
5: Giant Spock to beat me, but that's neither here nor
0: there. <laughs> the thing I love, thing I love about the
1: animated series is like there with with the devil shows up in it and he's like the chillest dude and he's like come and have some dr-. like he gives everyone beer oh yeah and let's like- chill and then in star trek there's also god in star trek 5 and he's a giant dick so star trek <laughs> gets it satan is chill and god is a giant dick <laughs>
4: accurate yeah do so I have a question just generally, I suppose. Like I, I, I started dating a person who wasn't into Star Trek and, it, and then you, later goes to me. So is that a red flag? Is that just like general yeah, red if flag that really doesn't watch back,
5: I'm not going to date you. That's yeah. how that works. I've never
4: seen God. Star Trek. What's Yeah, I'm, what's sorry, you're me? off the list then, Caroline. <laughs>
5: yeah sorry Caroline you will not be rearranging my insides I'm sorry Uh, Uh, I won't do that because I don't don't
0: do that that's not my I'm not
6: I'm gonna be honest the only reason I know Star Trek is my ex loves Star Trek to the point that she put it on every night before bed so I've seen everything from the original up to Deep Space Nine I think that was like uh
0: I saw Star Wars. I saw some of that.
2: It's not the same thing. <laughs> One has magic,
5: and the other has magic. Oh, you're right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. On, different types of space magic. All right? Native American stereotype.
0: What is the oh. force? Is that the or what's the what's the thing in Star Trek? That's what do they.
1: I mean, science, a, lot lot of, Star, I guess, science, a lot of a lot of science in Star Trek is magic. Like this season on Strange yeah. World, there's an episode which I also talk about being a problem. But they're like Spock's all human now. It's like how. How does that work? He, DNA, DNA does not work that way.
5: <laughs> no. When so, it comes yeah. to Star Trek, there's so many good things that they could do with just regular math, like topography, especially when they're talking about the field. Like, even with the recent stuff, I, I'm a big, I, I work in an engineering field involving satellite communications and have several degrees in math and science. And it just blows my fucking mind that every time they make up this horrible fucking techno babble stuff, when it's like, you could easily bring math into this. Like, you, oh, yeah, the, the we're talking about how this warp bubble does this. And it's like, yeah, that'd be solved easy if, you know, do you, know if you could um, turn my... it inside out
1: my producer my the producer for my film is dr aaron mcdonald who is the science advisor for star trek and she 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 is she literally talks about that in some of she's like and i don't want to i don't want to get her in trouble so I'll, I'll keep it vague but she's like some shows come to me and ask me to yes and their story and say how do we do this in the good science way and then there's some star trek shows that come to her and be like make it work make it make sense and she's just like, ah, that okay (laughs) Yeah, because they're like oh
5: we're in chaotic space okay explain what chaotic space is oh it's the omega particle like okay explain why this does this please give some sort of explanation Mm -hmm. give me something has
2: has anyone seen the new season of black mirror because i hated it so much so half of the episodes were like magic and supernatural i was like when am I going to get a science-y explanation of what's going on? Well, and I never did.
1: Yeah, the I reason is that they wanted to do it, they wanted to do—a supernatural spinoff called Red Mirror, which is what that final episode oh. was. And it feels uh, like the what's his face um, was—is it? Is, it, is it Charlie Brooker who writes it? Yes. I believe it's him he writes it he um I, it's very clear he was trying to work out some of that stuff in his system because it didn't get picked up and he was trying to like backdoor pilot it so that's very clear what it was very clear like what that season was about yeah that season Black Mirror's becomes very milk toast. I feel yeah. like. the first I,
2: episode uh, of the season was the only good episode
3: of the entire say, season I was gonna say I really liked the first episode I liked how they made uh references to the the, the strikes and SAG after and all of that uh, uh speaking of which Jesse, I'm curious. Um have, have the strikes um affected your, your filmmaking at all, or is that not connected to you whatsoever?
1: It it is and it isn't. I mean, this is what I talked about in the, the video. Sorry, uh because I will not I d I won't I'll do the short version too. I did a video on it, so I want to be careful with how I, I say this because um what the strikes are doing is they are striking against the amtpt which is the like basically the big studios like disney warner brothers all that stuff um and so the productions that they are striking against are those productions and one of the things that SAG specifically has uh, like talked about is it's is important to do independent productions to show we don't need the studios. And there was like a whole other conversation that people were having is like, well, if you're on strike, be on strike, don't work for stuff. And it, it's it was weird, like misunderstanding of like how strike should work. It's like strike the people you're striking against and then go and make your money elsewhere and so show you don't need the system. So like Bob Odenkirk was like, be on strike. It's like, no, you should, you should do this. So anyways, um, so my film I'm not a WGA member and I'm and so I I wrote it so that doesn't affect the writing aspect of it. The thing that would is all of my actors that I have on it are SAG uh actors. Um so it was one of those like we submitted months before we knew the strike we knew the strike was coming and so we submitted months before to get our uh production approved by SAG. Um and unfortunately they like because of bureaucratic nonsense they didn't get back to us until like the week before and then they like said oh you need to submit all this other paperwork that we had already submitted there was a whole bureaucratic mess that i found very frustrating and anger inducing um and and even even with the like caveat of being like i understand you're dealing with a lot right now it's probably hectic over there but there was there was stuff that happened where it was just like very clearly being very rude. But anyway, support SAG after, support the actors, support the strike like 100%. Just the bureaucracy of big unions sometimes gets very frustrating, especially when it's clear their eyes on certain, the big system of the, so their eyes on the ball of the big system and not like helping independent productions. So, anywho, it affected us in the sense that because of the bureaucratic nonsense, we had to cancel our shoot dates and we have rescheduled to another day, which has caused a hectic filmmaking stuff but in terms of like how the strikes are actually affecting us in terms of like can we film or not we can 100% still film um you know if we're still able to go forward it's just unfortunately bureaucracy is bureaucracy and we have to deal with it so that's so- the short version i can go into more detail if we want to but but ultimately at the end of the day just to be clear we we are going to film um and also we support this we support the actors we support the strikes we've been made very clear to all of our crew and cast like if anyone's ever uncomfortable feels like there's any problems they're welcome to vocalize it but everyone seems pretty pretty excited about it and, and good to go and yeah. You know,
0: so yeah is that how like brian murphy is doing it because like why is he still filming like american horror story but like isn't aren't these people a part of the yeah
1: saga? i mean it's it's y- yes so SAG, like the thing the thing with it is is that like i said they're striking against the amtpt and so with with the strikes it's like they are not allowed to work for any of the films for those big for those big companies that fall under that. There are some things like uh, I believe A24, for example, is not with the MTPT. They signed a deal with SAG that and, and the WGA that says uh that they that they, like both sides agree with. Like they, 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 both sides said this was cool. And so SAG AFRA workers can go and work on A24 films, for example. And the reason why that just dis- like that distinction is important is, you know. It's trying to show that these actors and writers do not need the big studio system in order to make in order to get work and in order and like we can make things outside of the system. And so when I when I hear like some actors and I want to be very careful because I want it to be like very clear, like. People deserve, especially the working class actors who do not make a, a lot of money and working class writers, which is the predominant bulk of the people in the unions. They absolutely deserve to be paid well. They deserve to be treated with respect. They deserve to not have their likenesses stolen and things like that. So it's very clear, like, that, like, support them across the board. But it's also important to realize that, like, this industry, especially in Hollywood, is built up upon like supporting the billionaires and millionaires who do not understand art and just see it as like a way to make more money. They d- they don't really see art as an expression of self. They don't see the creativity and the passion that people put into this work, and they just see it as like a line on their their budget sheet. And so it is important to support more independent media made outside of the Hollywood system in order to show that like this system is not the only way that this art can get made. That people can support them themselves. So I it is it is uh, so like with my production we're made with nebula which is a stri- like as a streaming service but it's creator owned it's uh owned by like youtubers who make it up it's like all the stuff is made by like collective decision um within the company so it is it, it is trying to support more independent maze made outside of the system uh that can support you know artists more directly being able to make their work so yeah i mean I am very much believed that like if you're going to keep the Hollywood studio system going, uh, people deserve to be paid correctly, paid fairly. Get rid of like these like the mini rooms and all that jazz. Make sure everyone gets treated fairly. But I also think we should start be start supporting things outside of the Hollywood system because the Hollywood system is not going to change. It is a very Mm -hmm. capitalist enterprise. So
2: yeah, we have the same problem over in the theater world. It's the exact same thing. And I'm like, I'm so disappointed that we have not joined in on the strike just like just to take advantage of the movement like the way we're going like it would help the strike it would help theater it like it's an all-around you know productive for both sides and we have not done anything about it mm-hmm. same thing over here the pay unless you're doing broadway even if you're doing off-broadway a lot of the pay is absolute mm-hmm. it's unlivable um if you're i mean I, i've done you know things in the city for major theaters we're not Broadway and it's 400 a week in New York city. Are you in, are you, what? Um, here's some cab fare. It's, it's wild. Um, you know, there's maybe like four or five regional theaters that pay a a good living wage. There's, um, the national tours, which can be decent depending upon which one you get. Um, And then all the other theaters, it's like I'm an an equity member. I'm a union member and I'm being offered $300, $400 a week. Like Mm -hmm. what world are we in? And that's, you know, this is theater where you have to show up and do the show over and over every single day. This is not, you know, one and done. Um, And it's the same issue over here, especially on Broadway. It's like all these producers do not care. It is literally they're like, okay, what jukebox musical can we make with some music? I don't care if the story is good. I don't care if it makes sense. We're going to do a musical with the music of, I don't know, the fucking Beach Boys and all, you know, your parents are going to come see it and we're going to make money.
1: But they're not. It's everything is failing hmm. It's why you're seeing in Hollywood right now like a lot of these summer blockbusters failing because a lot of them are chasing several things they're chasing like the thing that worked before so it's big ips big movies and everything kind of just conform again talking about conformity like everything just conforms to like make the same thing is why you're seeing marvel movies just become just very corporate and ubiquitized like the ant man movie just you could see that the ant man movie was like introduce new villain make sure that this character gets a like it's it's very done by checklist instead of like actually telling stories that people want to be to be told and so a lot of and so everything is just like intellectual property so it's it's very easy to sell and market to people uh it's just sell them the same thing over and over again you know uh very simplified themes of like family um non-controversial stuff so don't put any queer people in it because that'll ostracize the like Mm -hmm. right wing folks we just want to make it so it's uncontroversial very easy can be just sold doesn't have deeper meaning to it it's just aesthetic um it's just like the aesthetic of star wars not the deeper meaning of Star Wars. the aesthetic of star trek without the deeper meaning of star trek it's just like all this aesthetic sort of stuff um and and so that does a few things in my opinion if we're going to get into like political discussion but it does um on the one hand it just like it means like the studios are not there to actually enable artists telling good art. They're just there to like regurgitate the same stories and over and over and over again, which is why AI is so appealing to them because AI is just, you know, regurgitating the same stories that they think work over and over again. And can just make the same, it's just the way that their brain works of like, just make the same thing over and over again, just slightly different and remixed. And as a result of that, because things become more and more aesthetic, um it, it denies like art getting actually like meaningful art getting made and also it allows fascism to creep into our our art quite often because art of fascism is all about just aesthetics it's all just about the aesthetic of power the aesthetic of strength the aesthetic of exuding something without any like any introspection without looking at yourself without looking at who you like looking at what it means to be human give yourself to the machine they, give yourself over to this greater thing
4: so like the mass media system that we have uh, mm-hmm. invigorates the the arts by putting butts in seats. And that's what pays mm-hmm. the bills. And creativity does not do that. Conformity Emma? and Emma instruction to like. Or not Emma. What
3: was that? Oh, sorry. Nothing. Uh, Continue.
4: Okay. Sorry, I, no worries. I thought we were on mute. But like, you know, the instruction to like admire and adhere to conformity, you can market that in mass and like the mm-hmm. distribution channels are where you make the money and not in any part of the creative or, or you know, uh, product that you're actually putting out and putting that together because mm-hmm. the distribution channels can put out a uniform product that they can stamp out. There's no difference between like a movie A and movie B where there would be for mm-hmm. you know, Broadway where it's show a night one show, show B mm-hmm. night two. Yeah.
1: It's why I'm way uh, more interested in, like, I always love, like, art that's weird and sometimes not always great. But, like, someone was trying to do something different than I am with, like, this movie that, like, checks all the boxes of good storytelling, but ultimately is just kind of the same,
4: you know? I'd rather hear the second thing on your mind
3: than mm-hmm. the first. Mm-hmm.
1: So what you're saying is
5: theater and movies needs its Gate 3. That's mm. that's what it is. Yeah, said. exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. As long as I get to fuck a druid that turns into a bear, I'm okay. and I, I can like, make jokes about having sex with bears. But
2: um, and now, well, I I should go back and I should say, like, as far as like um, small regional theaters not being able to pay, they're failing. They're paying nothing and still failing. I I don't know. This industry is not. It's not going to survive at this rate. And then, as far as like the, um, you know, uh, the not being controversial, on Broadway, we had every show that was centered last year that was centered around um, anything but whiteness and heteronormativity failed. I mean, we had a show, a strange loop, win the Tony Award and close Five months later, because it was black and it was queer. And we had Ain't No More, which was like super popular. Failed immediately. Um, K-pop, even though it was popular with a lot of people, failed immediately. And, and, I, and it's just, I don't know if I said this last time I was here. It's just like, everybody who is not white, hetero, uh, cisgender has had to learn to appreciate stories that aren't their own Mm -hmm. and other people need to do that for these other groups.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it is because our society does not, it, it fosters like it centers one identity, white cisgender dudes and it tells us that we should all have empathy for them and understand their situation and their point of view, which is why you get people like they deserve, they deserve this because we understand the struggle that we that they've gone through. And whenever a queer person or a trans person or a black person or any other marginalized person like speaks up about their perspective because it is not seen as something empathetic something people understand it's like oh you're just and usually will ultimately be about why the system is failing them and people want to make sure they don't want to upset the system because they'll lose their sense of comfort and sense of like the way the world works they will get angry at that person they will get angry at them they will they will feel like they don't want to listen to that they don't want to go out and listen to that art because it will it will it will disrupt their sense of like the way the world works that how they feel comfortable and no one wants to do that especially right now when when the world is so i mean this is how fascism works right it the world forces people to get to these crisis moments because capitalism creates these endless crises moments and then because of that it will it will then start to like violently reassert the system by saying this is the way the world works this is how it all works and so we'll push out everyone else very violently and Mm -hmm. try to reassert itself I Sorry, I am talking about need- fascism. This is this this is not
0: Caroline. This is not your. This is not no, what you're in for. <laughs> it is totally okay. I don't mind because it's something that's affecting all of us, and it's a real thing. And and um, I also will be having another podcast about like civic journalism that Athena mm-hmm. and I have been working on together so passionately. Uh, I am like dedicated. I don't know why yeah. I said it like that, but um, so that's where we we'll put all the doom and gloom.
4: Well, like one that. thing that I think that we need to like counter that sort of conformist culture is people who are radically capable of being divorced from that system of of needs that are set up by the systems to distribute media and things like that. Like the spirit of Abby Hoffman in publishing, steal this book right on the cover. There's the instruction to make sure he doesn't make any profit off of that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Or,
4: or yeah, that's like why to I'm write. trying it with my film too. Yeah. yeah,
0: writing is fun. Do you write? Uh, well, obviously, you write, uh, Jesse. Um, Marla, do you write often?
2: I've tried my hand at it I just, I get distracted um, I, I mean, I, I've written um, Copy for things before But as far as like writing a full piece No, I did <laughs> I hate saying this Because someone's going to like pick it up And like do it better And it's going to like win an award But like literally By January 8th of 2021 i was writing a dark comedy about january 6th um of like almost like um if you've ever seen no exit or maybe it's a little bit like uh waiting for godot like of all these senators like trapped in a panic room all like waiting for someone to come save them and blaming each other and um oh,
1: that's a great idea actually um,
3: that, that's
1: actually a really cool idea well, i
3: that one episode. I don't know if anyone here ever watched House of Cards, but that made me think of that one episode where the entire episode, um, the the president and all the main characters were trapped in a room because uh, someone mailed them anthrax, and just them <laughs> dealing with being in lockdown. And it was, it was, I, it like, was. I like I anyway. like prison
0: shows. I like prison. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen a show. It's called Wentworth. Has anybody seen that? It's an Australian show. What's it called? Uh, called Wentworth. Yeah, Wentworth. Yeah, with Joshi. Yeah, okay, so, like, yeah, with um, with what's her name? Um, oh, my God. I There's a lot of hers in that show. So many. I love prison shows. Orange is the New Black. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, like, the fear of being uh, As somebody enslaved. who's been in the jail,
5: I will tell you, do not listen to those shows. Oh, obviously. They're just fabricated,
0: but... Well, yeah, the, you know, the closest will get to an
5: actual jail in those shows was in season two of... Uh, season two, episode one of Orange is the new black. You know that part with like the roaches, where yeah, they're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, we put bets on this roach. That's probably a little closer because we had flies and roaches in the jail I was in."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: I was. Granted, they was, all, you know, they they do make good company. I was fantastic listeners. They don't talk back or judge you.
2: Uh, yeah. sh- shall we? While we're on this subject, should we talk about um, Jessica Watkins begging Marjorie Taylor Green? And Matt Gates and all these other Republicans to put her in a women's prison. Yeah, and, uh, uh, like cool. oh. oh my god, girl, they
3: leopards eating face prison. They should
2: one hundred percent. They should. But it's here you right, are, right, like, at, you think asking bridge. them is going to get you anywhere? Mm. She's she no kidding. The
3: wrong tree. I don't yeah. know what she thinks Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to do
0: for her. I don't like her it goes mean. back to
5: um we know the rules aren't for people who aren't rich and uh and white like
1: mm-hmm.
5: and you know also cisgender like why why you know that they're not for you why are you doing this girl I was going to say gal but it would be girl uh, I mean it's it's
1: yeah. a, it goes to like what I mean I've seen it a lot recently I mean like without getting into drama but I I cuz it drama nonsense online um but like I've just seen like even especially people who are closer to an identity that can, like, conform to the system, whether you're rich, whether you're white, whether you're a dude, whether you're a sister, like, like you you see a lot of, like, gay... I mean, it's why you see TERFs, right? It's also why you see uh, gay... Uh, cisgender men, like, like being like, well, let's like, let's not focus on these issues. Now we got, we, the system will accommodate us. We got gay marriage, you know, we, you know, we, a TERFs are just like, well, we can be accepted as like women of certain economic privilege. White TERFs are mainly, mainly like rich cisgender white women. You know, it's like they, they, they understand that they are pressed by a system, but they are willing to try to conform to it because it gives them a sense of like the way the world works over and over and over again. It's like, They would rather conform to a system that will accommodate them at times, as long as they conform to it, rather than actively trying to tear it down, because that will mean that they will have to be uncomfortable or deal with less security. Privilege over liberation.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's, it seems like people that are part of marginalized groups, like trans people that get into far-right politics, they have this impression that those groups of people will carve out an exception for them as long as they toe, toe the line hard enough. But in the end, they never do. No. <laughs> yeah.
4: I've got a friend who's in, in a church and was in a church her whole life and before she transitioned. They, they kicked her out after, during the transition like, mm-hmm. you know, all all of that. And it was dedica- decades of, of her life to this particular church and trying to find, like, an, a new home. Um, but she still believes, like, very hard in the same fundamentalist beliefs about what the Bible is and what it means. And to her, it's, you know, some kind of spiritual or, or exceptional kind of thing that's happened to her that's not necessarily a liberation for distance. everyone. Yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it it's like, also- this applies to everybody except me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's main
4: the-
2: character syndrome and character mm-hmm. syndrome
1: yeah well it's a story uh i'm doing a video about star wars about like the the story of how our like neoliberalist world tells stories of heroes like it wants heroes because heroes like if democracy is always fail if democracy is always failing it always needs heroes to come and save it so it's like these ideas that we are like we are individuals who can like choose to reassert the system or stop it from being destroyed instead of like understanding that we we should have systems that enable us as people and so that's like it's a big video i'm doing on star wars and like how star wars is the story of like the story neoliberalism tells itself this constant loop of like we fall into fascism but then we come back to democracy we fall back into fascism but then we fall into go into democracy over and over and over again and just an endless loop back upon itself yeah well, while we're on I'm, the top
3: of star wars <laughs> yeah. i want to give my hot take that i think i i like the last jedi and one thing I liked about the Last Jedi is uh, Rey's parents turning out to be nobodies, mm-hmm. because I didn't—I don't like the the narrative um, in a lot of Star Wars movies where it's very a great man history kind of deal, where you're just born superior and you're born with this connection to to the Force that makes you better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then yeah, yeah, like that
5: little, well that little kid who grabs the broom at the end with the Force. To me, it yeah. was a more. Um, mm-hmm. hopeful message than hey. By the way, this really old crusty fuck uh, got so and so pregnant, and you're actually the great granddaughter of this other person. So it's really been just one family fucking up the galaxy for like who knows how long.
3: And then JJ mm-hmm. came in and ruined
0: everything. But don't don't yeah. don't
3: get me digressing on Star Wars. Anyway, yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. we all know Star
0: Trek is better. I've only God. seen the first six episodes of that of that, uh, and
3: that's
1: all you need to. And even then, you've probably gone too far. <laughs>
0: it was. It was
1: what,
5: about, uh-huh. what about
1: Rogue One? Rogue One. Okay. Just, Ro- okay. I Andor. The, I, I will. I would even argue Andor. Andor at least is like and- one of the most revolutionary shit. Like I want every. I mean, I always feel this this way. But after every episode of Andor, I'm like, I want to go out and punch a Nazi right fucking now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: All right, I just Ro- thought Rogue- was
0: cute, so...
1: The
3: premise of Rogue One bothers me, because the entire plot is centered around fixing the plot hole of the original movie, mm-hmm. but it doesn't fix the plot hole because they do the blown up the Death Star thing in Return of the Jedi, and again in Force Awakens. So how do we explain those? From a science
5: point. That weakness mm-hmm. does make sense. So before anyone says that, that
0: is not true. You <laughs> wouldn't even an exhaust. I won't die on this hill. Alright. What I what I like about Rogue One, Star Wars. I still don't get it. What? What? what I, mean, I, I get it. I get the premise of like, you know, you know, it's like a, isn't it like a term for like, a, you know, fascist versus like, you know, communist. It's,
1: it's, b- it's fasc- no, it was fascist. It, fascism versus democracy. So it's basically like neoliberalism versus fascism is basically the idea. But it, it's, uh, if I, 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 I get into a whole tangent, because like I guess I have a whole video on this, but it's very it's much pink, like, you know? joseph campbell's hero's journey written to science fiction where it's like oh it's go and like there's a hero who like needs to go into the cave and save Mm -hmm. everything. but and then i go into this long history in this video about like how joseph campbell's hero's journey is about like excluding a lot of like important like cultural differences in a lot of mythologies and trying to shove it all into like the way he views the world that centers men that centers white dudes that centers western culture Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I, I think way, so that's what I liked about that's about that. what I
0: liked about the Barbie film was that mm-hmm. not to spoil it, but it doesn't follow so much of the hero's journey. It follows what it's like they call like the heroine's journey of the which is like the female's like the, the woman's journey of um of, of like that hero's journey aspect. So that which is I don't uh,
3: I don't know, Caroline. It sounds
1: kind of like woke feminism to me. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, anything to...
4: that has a heroine in it is obviously woke. So obviously, mm-hmm. checkmate, mm-hmm. liberals.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Barbie. I think one of the two, but again, I've watched, listened to a lot of analyses on it. So without like going into it, it feels like commodified feminism which is ultimately like number one it is commodified because it's like through Barbie so it's ultimately upholding Mattel as like a product and how capitalism makes all critiques of itself part of itself Um, and, and then also like framing it as an us versus them thing where it's like this constant need to frame like everything tries to create things as like binary forces. So we have Democrats versus Republicans, women versus men. And so feminism is always seen as this like thing for women versus this thing for men. And so what I've heard that I liked about Barbie is that it like also represents how Ken is also harmed by the system and trying to understand where like that feminism is actually for everybody and is about like understanding how we actualize ourselves. Um, But then there's another good critique about how like Barbie centers itself around whiteness quite often like it's like the, yeah, the mode yeah. through which we have this conversation always filters through whiteness instead of understanding like a different perspective so it still creates a binary antagonism within oh jesse family. did uh,
3: did you watch the um i don't know if you know verily bitch
1: Verily oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. The the plastic feminism of Barbie.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, she's 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 very she's very very good, Verily. Yeah. I've, I've I've we've we've talked. She's been in a couple in my videos actually. So she's. she's oh okay, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I I watched that video and I thought she made some fantastic points about how the the feminism of Barbie is kind of. Uh, shallow and watered down in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. I I, I didn't want to watch the video at first because I loved the Barbie movie and I don't want it ruined for me by accurate critiques. But um, like-
4: Well, there were some stuff in it though that
5: you- After you, Athena. I talk too much. Okay,
4: no worries. Well, Barbie like itself was like, you know, a demonstration that women can do anything. That's kind of what you're putting into the hands of, of young girls is the idea that they can become anything. So in that that sense, it's it's just a liberation in one way, but it's in this era that it's heavily gendered, and we get the separation and gendered toy aisles and all of that. And Mattel's got to market highly to one group versus the other to, like, really try and draw out these differences between the he man and the she ra, or the My Little Pony and the GI Joe of the era, whatever the case may be. That that conflict is something that you know. Uh, Created a divide whenever I was young, where I couldn't go into the girls' aisle. Uh, I got uh, made fun of and told that I was gay when I was in the third grade just for buying a gift for a friend of mine who was a girl. Yes. Yeah. So yeah so by it's buy
5: a Barbie, and suddenly it's oh, when are you gonna go wear dresses? I mean, yes. Yes. I'd like to. My, uh, the only question is, is are you just saying that because you're scared you might like it? But like, hey,
1: whatever. It's it's this neat, and I I talk about this in the Star Trek video that I'm releasing, because there's an episode this season where spock gets turned into a human and it goes to this idea of like this it's a trope within science fiction but especially in star trek they've done it numerous times over the years of like split the biracial person split the biracial character like yeah. spock is half human half vulcan and so it's this conversation of like well let's discuss this human half and let's discuss his vulcan half and this the episode was like let's talk about him just in human terms and and it's it's this constant need by our society to view us as like individual forces of like here's humanity here's here's being Vulcan, here's being black, here's being white, here's being like these individual things instead of recognizing that like we as humans exist in all of these liminal spaces between between things and our identity is found through these intersections of, of how we view ourselves rather than like this part of myself is compartmentalized. This part of myself is compartmentalized. Um, it's why I didn't like this season of, of, uh, strange new worlds a lot, because a lot of the conversation does center that way, as opposed to season one, where I, there's a scene in season one that I loved where they have a non-binary character go and talk to Spock. And she literally says what I just said to him is like, we, we, we are we everyone wants to put us in boxes but you are not vulcan you are not human in terms of like those systems you are yourself and spock goes well what what does that mean i am and she's like well i can't answer that for you and so it's really oh. cool to have this non-binary character have that conversation and then in season two be like no you're going to talk about you just in terms of humanity
4: and yes, then I also her the say...
1: dna story as well which is like this is this is like essentializing you as like you're born this way which is weird
3: I I want to say I, I am going to watch your entire three hour uh, critique of Strange World, <laughs> and I'm going to be fuming and angry about it the entire time. It's like how dare Jesse criticize this thing I love and be completely correct about it? Yeah, just like the, <laughs> the music It's
5: <worst> <laughs> Just no, I'm not happy about you making a very valid
1: and. Like-
4: <laughs> On point. I'm that's still pissed. I still rude. like there's two episodes
1: is. in that season I love. The lower decks episode mm-hmm. and then episode oh, yeah. two.
4: I think music has a yeah. way though of like encouraging people to say things over the top or in ways that are like, you know, a little bit absolutist because it sounds better, it rhymes better, it fits mm-hmm. the scheme of well, our language better.
5: To me, I thought it was more like they were trying to say that it was less about the following like, I don't know, the queer space communism and more about working together on the ship but
6: mm-hmm.
5: your your observation makes a lot more sense when you listen to the lyrics that they put out there like <sighs> we're here for the mission and and like i i like that one part where spock when they say like it's our prime directive and he's like no it isn't
1: yeah yeah like to me I, that I, really yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's it's sorry i cut you off i mean uh the, yeah it's it's it, it seems to be reaching for that idea of like collect like collective action is 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 good and we work together and enable our best selves but what th- the distinction that i that i the and the problem that i have with starring new worlds is it ultimately conflates that with the system of starfleet and no, you're right of, yeah and that and that's the problem it's like if they had done the song where it's like we we know our like Starfleet is like purpose. something yeah it's like it's Bend like blank. Starfleet is here to enable us I don't know how you'd write these lyrics but like Starfleet is here to enable us being our best selves is like Starfleet taught me to be the best science officer the best communicator because these are the things that I love to do and Starfleet allows me to do them. If that had been the song that would have been great but the song Agreed. is more we know our purpose is to protect the mission and so everything that you do is in service of the grander like uh goal or you're 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 basically an ant who's the
5: you know, going for the colony. That's not mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm.
3: And seeing
0: okay, everyone, let's go take a bathroom break. Bathroom break? Okay. Yes. yes, but am I human? Let's come back Shooter. in ten minutes. Fantastic.
3: <laughs>
0: and break.
5: Except for you, Athena. We love you. You don't get to break. You're a robot. So Marla, it's just you and I. How's it going?
2: I believe I'm on my um Union
5: I'm brain. here too.
0: I'm
5: <laughs> 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 Okay. This is a non union high five for that one. Well played. I do air high fives. So, have you ever seen me do this? That's just an air high five. Like when you were saying, oh yeah, I'm so many hours away from uh FFS. I was like, air eh, high five.
2: I'm, I'm trying to enjoy crunchy stuff. things while I still can. I
0: feel bad. <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs> it's so cool. I. So, like for my ffs i'm a little terrified just because like i don't know the surgeon so much so i'm like terrified but at the same time want it's worth it i mean the worst that could happen is i don't wake up
2: thanks for that um
5: sorry
4: had a surgery like whenever i was about you you know about 28 27 for my face like they ripped off half of my face i was like so scared of dying so scared of like going under it was just like morbid fear yeah you no, know, i i don't know if i'm gonna pursue facial surgery i'm gonna try and keep surgery as minimal minimal as possible
5: well i'm just i probably do like ffs and ba and that's
2: about it that's all i really care about although yeah, do I'm, doing BA in, I'm doing ba in like november oh. or december
5: oh nice oh my god AC thank you oh see this is why there's ever a zombie apocalypse and y'all need somebody to be your distraction for the zombies I'm here for you I am not living in a world without indoor plumbing or AC y'all can fight and struggle and like do whatever I'm good let the zombies eat me I will cover myself with butter garlic some seasoning Those zombies will be lethargic and you can escape because I am not living in a world without AC or indoor plumbing ever again.
2: I just feel like you don't need seasoning for zombies to really enjoy. I'm trying
5: to make them lethargic. Oh, AC.
4: Oh. In the Midwest heat dome, it was like 90. Yeah,
5: Arya has that really the really old ACs so it's really loud and I can barely hear you all. Mm
4: Mm-hmm. Like the window uh, unit. Put my hair down now. Ugh. Like I've just been wearing all black for the last week, even though it's been like ninety-eight degrees, just to absorb the heat. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Aren't
5: you on the East Coast?
4: No, I'm, I'm Midwest. No? Midwest, Missouri. Yeah, really. Missouri. Mm-hmm.
5: Kalamazoo. Oh no, Kalamazoo in Michigan. Uh, do you know? Shit, there's a big drug uh, corridor through there, and I forget its name. I think it's Sykeston. I have friends in Sykeston. <laughs> no. Nah.
4: I, I'm not big. That's in, one thing they don't say about court. jail is you don't
5: actually go there to reform. You get there to, to learn get new contacts, things. Yeah. Make new contacts. Yeah, I made you all the contacts. You get there to be
4: better at being a criminal so you don't get caught the next time.
0: Yeah, that's how I learned how to do sex work better. Well, welcome back to the Trans Narrative Podcast again. It's great to have Jesse back again um, with Marla Alpert and Mariana Basquette. We were just on a little break now we're here and we just got back from a little break within the show and so I'm really excited to have everybody back again. So what were we talking about? What's going on in the world? What's going on? Um, I had a few questions. We were talking about uh, Mariana's pets and how cute they are. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I don't know, how's it going Marla?
1: How's
2: Broadway? Oh, good. Everything's on me now. Um,
1: <laughs> well, well, I, I've ranted enough about 12, my so. personal specific uh, hyper fixations.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can talk about mine. Can we talk about mine next after Marla's? Sure. You're literally the host.
6: You make all those choices. Yeah, honestly, this is right.
0: Like you. <laughs> Go ahead, Marla.
2: Um, right, Marla. Broadway is like it always is. There's only like a handful of shows that are doing well. Um, it's not great. Um mostly because I'm not in it. <laughs> um I'm dying, I'm dying to play Persephone in Hades Town. I'm just like, it's everything like there's so few contralto roles out there, and that one is just so great. And I just want to do it so fucking badly. For uh, people who don't
5: know theater stuff, what's contralto?
2: um the lowest the uh, speaking in the terms of classical how we classically name voices the lowest female voice Ah,
5: okay because back um when i was younger it was seen as too gay to know about stuff like that (laughs) so i don't really know a lot of it my apologies i am probably the only queer folk that you're gonna meet who was not in Drama
3: clubs? You are not a theater kid. I was not a theater kid, so... Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go see the Book of Mormon next month, so I'm excited.
2: Oh my god! I just had a conversation about that the other day with someone um, who was seeing it, a tourist, and I was just like... "It's a ama- it, It's wild to me that it's still running, because shows that aren't family-friendly don't run as long as that show is run. It's very, very peculiar that it has.
1: Mm-hmm. is I've listened. I used to listen to the music of that uh, musical. I haven't seen the show though, and it's it's interesting. Just like, just as terms of like a a piece by the South Park folks of like this weird fixation, but like making fun of Mormonism. But it, it's just weird that that show exists.
4: <laughs> well, it's very it's, weird. It's accessible to a lot of people and seen as a little bit maybe more friendly to their worldview since it's criticizing another religion if it's not their own so Mm. you'll see a lot of people who are evangelicals going yeah we can go there and make fun of the mormons because they believe some really Mm. weird things and not come away with some self-criticism from that
3: Uh, i I was raised as a jehovah's witness so there's a lot of experiential overlap between the witnesses and the mormons that i'm sure i'll get a kick out of seeing satirized
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that is just kind of a little bit too on on the nose. Uh, Like, you know, there's like a whole song about fuck you, God. So like, you know, there's some things that you'll laugh like just kind of out loud at, but some things that are just kind of like more worthy of the long term criticism of how are we treating people? How are we informing our youth to try and better the world? We're Mm -hmm. sending people out into the world telling them they have the truth and then they're confronted with very despotic realities uh about you know uh w- w- especially coming from like an isolated kind of environment uh, and that's how american christianity tends to do with their youth is to put them into programs that are isolating from danger homeless people marginalized people uh, black people gay people like any kind of group black people that you where can, yeah <laughs> right. no but but like that's just kind of how the sort goes and then you take these people and say you've got the way the truth and the light and this is the way to fix the world we trust you with everything now go out and here's africa here's china here's here's mexico and we're trying to export still a culture that we've manufactured at that point and which is still colonial in the same way that the original missionary work was
1: marla i wanted to ask you by yeah. the way just to get us on track how did you get into what made you want to get into acting i always love hearing from <laughs> actors like why they loved acting
2: um you know i i went into high school and i, I had no plans of doing acting i was in uh the marching band because my parents made me take music lessons as a kid um and then we were across from the theater you know Classes and the shows and all that, because all, all they, they shoved all the weird arts kids into one corner of the school. Yep, um, no, that And um, they were doing Bye Bye Birdie my freshman year, and someone dropped out, and they needed someone to play Harvey Johnson, um, which is like this tiny little featured role. He's like the the nerdy kid. Um, who literally is scripted vocally to crack on the high notes Um, what's I don't even know if I can do like it's so hard I don't even know if I can purposefully crack like that anymore but it's like um, hello Mr. Hankel this is Harvey Johnson can I speak to Deborah Um, Sue so um, I did that and then I just kind of fell in love with it and then I was valedictorian in high school I I feel like I did this all in the last podcast I was on I was valedictorian in high school and I wanted to go do theater and everyone was like you're gonna waste your brain on that um so I went to Tufts University um to get a pre-veterinary um degree and I was just like I I fucking hate this I hate blood I want to do I want to do things that will um have a larger, wider impact. That's not to say like being a that doesn't. I mean saving animals is great, but like, you know, no one's gonna I I, it's one of those things where I I think it's more like a fear of death where it's like, well I'm gonna die one day, but I have to be remembered. So I gotta do something.
1: Yeah.
2: Um I know that so um yeah I think that's what got me into it. Just the fear of death really.
1: Um (laughs) it is it is funny too, because like, uh, Bye Bye Birdie was like one of my first like trans moments as a kid, because I got mm-hmm. I my my theater director like came in and is like, well, because I auditioned is like, well, we have a part for you, and we uh, want to see if you're okay with it. Would you want to play the main character's mother? <laughs> and, I, and I got to play like the the old lady. I get to wear like, yeah. and, like dresses on stage. It was very fun. Anyways, just was like, oh, Bye Bye Birdie, weird weird trans moment for me. Anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off. It was funny.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I dropped out of school, and I want to gotten uh. Um, BFA in musical theater Um, And now I'm here and it was great It was great till I transitioned I mean like One of the reasons I didn't transition is because I had this huge operatic baritone Voice that no one else had anymore And you know you're getting um, uh, Smoke Blown up your ass 24-7 Of oh my god nobody Sings like this anymore And it's like Well, I like being told I'm good at things. I hate being a man, but like, yeah, I I like being told I'm good at things. So I kept doing it and doing and doing it. And I was, you know, seeing success. And then I transitioned and now it's a whole other fucking ballgame. Like even, even working on the stuff for Persephone, it's like, yeah, I can do it. But I can just barely do it right now. Can I do it eight shows a week? Can I do it with the same type of energy and still hit all the notes? I don't know. It's always going to be harder for me than it is for anyone else.
1: But again, talking about like how systems aren't made, for, it is it is interesting too, that, that idea of like, you're told that you're good at things until you transition and then you're suddenly like, oh, you have to like work harder because number one, like the systems aren't made for you. So you have to work harder for it. And then people also don't like recognize your hard work just to like be able to exist there. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks.
2: I mean, it feels a lot of time, you know, even if I'm doing something good, it feels a lot like you're really good for a trans person. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's the the same thing i experienced in the youtube space where it's like if i talk about trans issues my videos do well because people expect that but then if i talk about star trek or something else like the videos don't do well because it's like oh we don't want to hear your thing on this we Mm -hmm. want to like people talk about this yeah see that's
0: what i don't that's what i I don't like always having to have that conversation conversations and then it just goes back to identities and trans issues and activism you know and that's something that you know i we've done so much of that this year every guest we've had we've always gone into that and it's it's like you know we, we know we're going to just be able to have conversations that don't have to focus around us being trans and just it starts uh, with like we are the
4: whole you know world that we have around us you know it starts with ourselves identifying that yeah this is this is really normal stuff we're just dealing with like normal everyday life and then the people who are around us and our families and then our friends at work and then their friends and eventually just everybody can see that there's Art. there's nothing wrong it would just the normality of of being right. human it has a trans element to the experience the whole thing but the thing yeah. i yeah, like it, to I think mean, about
1: oh sorry yeah
0: no i was just gonna say that and destroying capitalism
1: <laughs> <laughs> that too but i mean like the i mean the film ugh, not to talk about my my film um no, <laughs> but, uh, but uh the the we can only talk about things through the prism of our own identities right and a lot of society today is is about like trying to essentialize us with our transness and and ostracizing us as a way of like we can't empathize and understand so i think a lot of like we end up talking about that is when you get a bunch of trans people together you end up talking about that stuff because it is just what we're dealing with and then also just our perspective on the way the world works in art like i I have like come to understand like as I watch in more and more art like like I said I'm working to become a like director working on a film and things like that and so I'm thinking a lot about the stuff that I engage with and why I engage with it that way and I I start to like understand the themes that I I keep thinking about over and over again I'm hyper focused on and I think that that's what kind of we all do because of the way we're treated by the world and you know i talk about my movie and the sign the movie that it's it's quite literally about how it's focused on trans characters but then how trans characters self actualizing themselves in the sci-fi environment actually causes other people to recognize their own ways the world uh marginalizes them because they're actually empathizing with the trans person and empathizing with their journey and because of that they're able to be like oh i also feel this way but the way the systems work is they want you to to view yourself as other and unempathetic and thereby you can focus on the way the system works. So I anyways, think, to go back to what we are talking about, I just think it's, it's just what we're dealing with right now, which is why we always talk about it. I think that no, it's I'm just... not
0: against it. I'm not against that. I hope that's not my.
1: No, my no, just... no, 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 no. I get what you're saying though. Yeah. No, I, guess, I was that. just going to
5: say that as like a black trans person, it's like something that a lot of black folks have talked about before, especially for me before coming out as trans was you have to work like twice as hard to get half as much pay is a, is a black saying. And like, that's why earlier when I made that one comment about, oh, if you think that the world works for you, you've obviously not been underprivileged enough because saw beforehand so to me it's normal but when I for a lot of the eggs that you know come out and are like bam I'm, I'm a trans person that's one thing that they're not really used to is seeing that like this is your identity now not in the sense of this is to you what your whole life is about but to the outside looking in yeah. and like I, I know for a fact when I um transitioned I had a lot of people even though I've been knowledgeable on my field and been doing it for like decades the moment that I came out it became a question of whether or not I can do my job well enough and that is even in a role where you need like multiple uh uh, accreditations multiple uh, uh, degrees and whatnot it still became an issue and even to this day like even if I'm not talking about I could be literally talking about I don't know like uh, a DAQ for a keysight piece of equipment and somebody will still ask me questions about like oh how does a trans person like come into this shop? like I haven't always you know identify it out in the open so but yeah like to a black trans person it's just weird to hear that comment of oh I try not to get involved in politics and it's like mm-hmm. well yeah it's not about you trying to get involved in politics it's just to these outside people you are a political issue no matter what you do
3: it's, yeah, it's, it's I can I can definitely relate to that outside looking in kind of thing. Because back in the day, I I I was already I, I've been progressive for a long time, and I used to be a lot more willing to like debate people on topics and argue with people about my values and things like that. But it, I definitely felt a, a shift in my mentality when it became about me it's like i don't this is my life i don't want to debate about it i don't want to argue right. about it Well,
5: I yeah I, you just go throughout your life and then you have these experiences of people being like oh but you're trans what about this and it's like I, i'm not here for that i'm here for this other thing trans is one facet but that's all they're gonna see and that's because you're no longer so. seen as the norm or the everyday joe like you see and in, portrayed in representation like media so
1: it is interesting because, well, so, like, the the ex- the way I – because, like, my own journey with that, too, has, like, been, like, again, like, very everything is external. Like, I was dealing with my own inside, like, feeling like shit because I was trans and not able to express it. Yeah. But, like, the world around me viewed me as, like, a neutral force, even though that's a political yeah, decision exactly. to view me as a neutral force. And then now mm-hmm. I'm sort of seeing, like, how I am – you know, tokenized, decentralized made into this like product to understand through a trans lens. Um, and, and what's been interesting is I've been reading a lot of philosophy, um and and it, I was talking with one of my my uh fellow um YouTubers, foreign man in a foreign land, who does really great videos on like oh stuff. I love that guy. Oh, he's great, he's the sweetest human being too. Best husband. He is, and he's too. so like mm-hmm. queer queer friendly. I love oh, he, him. Is, he is wonderful. And we, we were talking uh and we were just chatting just individually, and one of the conversations, like I've been reading a lot of philosophy. And what's been interesting to me is I read a lot of like been reading a lot of like white trans femme, like folks, like writers. And, and what's always been interesting is like, I'm like, oh, I'm writing, writing a video. I write from that perspective. Then I go like, well, I wonder what like a, like a black trans femme perspective on this is. And usually it will be a lot of very similar things that the white trans femme said, but it was written 30 years earlier. (laughs) 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 It's like, oh yeah, I see, see. it it takes, took a little bit longer for us to get here. Yeah. I definitely
0: don't think that, um, you know, because I like talking politics, I really do, but as somebody that's like deals with mania, I I find myself often getting so caught up into it that it becomes like my life, and then everything that I do centers around that. I can remember back in early March into February where the Michael Knowles speech had come out, and it was, <laughs> it was devastating, and I remember... It was actually having i think marla on the episode where my whole focus was just about getting to the point where we talked about you know the term genocide and if it's if it can be used in, in this sense and that was my my whole focus was just like on these things because i hyper fixate on on everything and so politics can be so draining for me and and i guess you know I need to find a balance with that. And it's yeah. so hard to be in a world because you, you can't not be political. And I think that people that say that obviously are, they say that from privilege because people in privilege don't have to not be political because they, their, their lives aren't affected by these issues. But you know, the, this next year in 2024, I can't imagine how many anti-transference bills will be coming out and how that will affect all of us. And, and so, know, yeah, I think about that stuff, but like my yeah. mental, state of mind I will catastrophize. And so I find myself trying to stay away from it a little bit more as of lately so that I can find peace of mind because I I do so want to say that
5: it's it is different than saying um like I understand people saying things like, Oh, it's not Ah, sorry, I'm trying to conceptualize this better. Um it's okay to say things like you know i do things in my life that may be seen as political however it's just me living my life like i do that with a lot of uh trans people online as you know a lot of people will approach me about like egg issues as i like to call it about Mm -hmm. being like making an omelet but it's it's perfectly acceptable to say that like it's not me doing something political it's just me seeing another human being in a situation that I have knowledge in because I was there and now I have some insight to give them. And in your instance, you're just, you live in your life and you just happen to be trans and that's just what they focus on. Like, that's just like an- another thing to going back towards your Michael Knowles thing is I feel like to me, it's hard not to be jaded about some of the statements that are said, because when I was living in Louisiana, way back when I like in like the early nineties as a kid, the, um, they had the KKK come on the, uh, uh, iota broadcast system for Eunice, and they literally told us if you're black you, you can't go to the mardi gras festival that year or, or the rice festival that year so just for me it's hard because i'm used to them saying these things and it, at the same time it becomes difficult because it has gotten to the point to where these sort of threats do make it to where i'm like well i'm just not gonna go because I, I'm, I'm worried i might die and I recognize it's letting them win in a way, but at the same time, it's just like my own peace of mind. But yeah, so it's hard for me to see a lot of where you're coming from on the Michael Knowles thing because it's like, you just get so used to it that it's like, oh, they're saying they're going to kill us again
0: whatever, I'm gonna go about my day. I think think you're misunderstanding. I think that, no, because I was referencing how back in March when we had Marla on, I was so hyper fixated on that. But now coming in, you know, months later, you know, just so much is happening. And I feel that like social media and and how much news is presented that it can be so toxic, so taxing and so exhausting. And I just I'm trying to find a balance to where I can be, you know, doing these things in healthy doses. And yeah. as far as, you know, Michael knows, it's, you know, it's I see stuff every day and I and I actively go towards it. Athena tells me every day when I, I talk to her, she's like, Stop going on to Matt Walsh's page and reading <laughs> these comments. And it's like You're I torturing know torturing yourself. Like, I know it's absolute torture, but it's just, and I don't know what I do it for, but it's just oh. like, cause so I can know mm-hmm. what they're saying, I guess. Mm-hmm. But
4: that's not that's
3: healthy anymore. It's a weird kind of
0: cathar. Sorry, go Sorry.
4: ahead, Athena. Oh, no worries. We we, we mm-hmm. are always threat scanning uh, as human beings, and like some of ours is just kind of wired to like stay up late and look out on the horizon and see what might be looming. From like the youngest I can remember, there was always like this thread of the end of the world. And sometimes it was like nuclear Armageddon or sometimes mm-hmm. it was the rapture, or the Y2K bug or whatever. <clears throat> and it's like I've got PTSD from having all of these sequential end of the world that you have to prepare for. And the way I find to cope with that is to find the people in my community who I identify with who seem to be struggling the hardest and delving into the issues that they're know, trying to, to find resolution to. Um, and I've found that by diving into the community and mm-hmm. by trying to listen to as many voices as I can, that I don't feel like we are at, at as great of a threat as we might feel if we are isolated. If we reach out to each other and form communities, we are capable of overwhelming just about any kind of governmental uh, odds against us we can we can work and network together to overcome these things that's that's my hope and, and that yeah. in this we've had that these connections.
0: i had that conversation today I was, I was i was talking to a friend right before the show and and i was reading something that i had written in 2011 and it was, you know, I was, I was religious, but I was like spiritual at the time. Cause I was trying to find my way. Cause like my parents, they just let me do whatever I wanted. So like I called one time when I was 10 saying, I'm with my friend, we're, we're getting baptized at the church. And she's like, honey, this is like, how many times are you going to get baptized? It's like the seventh time. And I'm like, well, it's fun being in the water. Everybody <laughs> smiles and cheers at me. It's really nice. I like that attention, you know? And then, so I just, you know, went forward and I, around like, you know when i was like 12 or 13 i started to have this like yearning to, to wow okay so i guess like the, my my gender experience went from like not knowing what my purpose was or who i was and like instead of like internalizing and thinking about myself i looked into an external level so i looked to god or, or i looked at things like that and so that's when i went into religion and it's all the way led me back to just you know it's my trans journey started twined with that and i was talking about that and and um, I, I said that I'm not so spiritual anymore. I'm not so religious. I think my faith lies in, in community and building that and and you know, building those bonds and, and creating a space that's better for all of us so that we can all thrive mm-hmm. and, and do what interests us in a healthy way.
1: There's a yeah. there's a video that I'm I'm in the preliminary stages of writing that is kind of about that where our culture has an obsession with apocalypse um with like you look at like our fiction about apocalypse of like the walking dead or whatever and the idea is like if the system collapses everyone will go back to this uh like the base human nature of we're only up for ourselves we're we're always going to be attacking each other and this 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 idea that like human nature is inherently cynical and awful and we're just base disgusting beings and the system is the only thing that keeps us from from falling into disarray right mm-hmm. it, it's this again this idea of like the system builds us up but actually if you look at a lot of studies human beings actually form or, and actually try to form communities and yes there's there's tribalism that does sort of come sometimes with that but there there's always a sense of like reaching for others looking for others trying to find people that you you care about and, and build a sense of community And so I want to like talk about our societal obsession with apocalypse and how it it frames itself as like this cynical thing, but I've been finding a lot of comfort in uh, stories of like, Post-apocalypses that are hopeful. Like you look at a lot of um indigenous science fiction, for example, it is focused often on like a people surviving post a apocalypse because indigenous people did survive a an apocalypse and yet they're yeah, like still here and that. still thrive. Exactly. And and so, you know, I'm trying to find some indigenous folks to talk about that because I don't want to just be like white person talking about indigenous fiction. But um, but it is something that I'm like trying to to talk about, like how you know, there's a sphere of the end of the world but alt- even the doomerism of how we talk about climate change the world is ending right but actually while yes there will, it will i'm not going to say it's going to be a good thing in that it's going to and that like there's not going to be really hard horrible shit like like as climate change occurs like it's going to be tough people will die but ultimately like there is a hope in the sense that you know we will still be able to create communities we still will keep going um and we still will find ways to to build community and build new systems that ultimately do work for people it's unfortunately has to come through this horrific thing and i wish we didn't have like i wish it wasn't happening i wish we could understand how to work to fix it and we can still do that i'm not saying we don't do that we we should always fight to try to make it better but i also want to try to get away from this idea of like oh well there's nothing we can do because the world is going to end
3: um, uh, oh, uh, Je- uh, Jesse, I wanted to say, are you familiar with David Graeber?
1: Yes, yes.
3: Yeah, I um uh, for those for those who don't know, uh, David Graeber was um, an anthropologist, uh, historian, and he was also uh, big into writing about anarchist political theory. Mm-hmm. And I I always really liked his work because it's like what you were saying about um, conservative ideology. Conservatism uh, is very um, uh, baked into this idea that humans at their basest form are selfish and mean and violence but uh graver talks a lot about how that's not the case at all even if we were to go back to you know hunter-gatherer sticks and spears like full-on uh turn the clock backwards we still see community we still see people Mm -hmm. cooperating together and i always thought that was very very helpful very um very good notion. Well,
5: like, again, in some of the instances we've actually seen, like in uh, uh, prehistoric, so before history, like when we're looking at skulls, we've seen people who've had uh, injuries that makes it to where these people are going to need care for the rest of their lives. And people mm-hmm. actually... Went out of their way to make sure that these people, you know, because they are people, they have Mm -hmm. an inherent value, and we made sure that they were taken care of. And we've seen that throughout history. We even see that in um, actual uh, natural disasters, like in Hurricane Katrina. Sure, there Mm -hmm. were some bad elements who typically were the right wing assholes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from beforehand, but generally, communities band together, and we all know the universe is cold and uncaring, but we can work together to build that fire. And we see that, and that's why I find it funny that um uh i I forget who it was was doing that analysis of lord of the flies and they were explaining that like yeah a lot of people don't understand that this is more like a commentary at the time about how um you get a bunch of entitled assholes put them on an Mm -hmm. island they're going to be shit to each other however if you have a bunch of people who aren't entitled assholes on an island together Mm -hmm. they're going to work together because they need to to survive
1: it's 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 again like this idea of essentialization that we were talking about before with like if you look at a lot of conservative ideology it's this this that we are these things we are essentially these things Mm -hmm. this awful thing and we cannot change we cannot grow it has to we have to be this way we need things to keep us in line um like you like when i was talking to like a lot of my conservative family members a lot i'll be like well you know we should try to make this better we should try to like stop people being bullied we should and and a lot of the response was like well that's just how people are. And I'm like so you mean that we shouldn't try or we shouldn't try yeah. like it's just and even going to our gender of like gender stuff it's like saying you are born this way so you must be this way your whole life or people it's just always essentializing and saying we are these like just disgusting awful beings and we need something to keep us in line whereas like an actual truth like human beings are kind caring weirdos who love to they love are. other kind caring weirdos. Yeah. I mean, um, we
2: are, uh, we are, um, we're a pack, we're a pack animal.
1: Mm-hmm, and gosh.
2: I, I just, um, I, I was just thinking about it. I'm going to oversimplify this because it's been years since I've taken here. Here comes Marla rolling out her like <laughs> philosophy 101 course or whatever. Um, I remember learning about the different, um, beliefs in Chinese philosophy about, about the nature of Humankind and the one I think it's shouldn't see I'm probably pronouncing it wrong is that man is inherently evil and you have to put things in place or you have to teach them to be good. But the conservative view is man is inherently evil, can't do anything about it, let's just let it roll. Like, yeah, let's just, yeah.
4: like, it's, <laughs> in, it's, chaos, right? it's wild, it's, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. Man is inherently evil, but we should channel those inherently evil forces through the police and military.
5: Yeah, um, <laughs> no, man is inherently evil, but not all men.
4: Uh, we
2: have to be the most evil or we won't survive
1: well we need it goes it goes it goes to like that idea of like the hero's journey it's like we we are all evil so we need a hero to come and teach us the way like this individualism thing of like this Mm -hmm. this god-given authoritarian who can come and save us and teach us the right way to to exist and we we conform to them
2: I mean that's one of the biggest defining characteristics uh, in Umberto Eco's understanding of fascism is mm-hmm. the under of uh, the, there's the masculine hero that's mm-hmm. the ultimate um identity is of the masculine hero one who
4: never surrenders <laughs> strong man
2: acts acts never- for action's sake
4: mm-hmm.
2: and never
5: re- never reevaluates their own like actions or belief system because you know that's the weak way.
1: Actually, I need to write that down because I am writing about Umberto Echo and the hero's journey in my Star Wars video. And I want to make sure That's I write fantastic. that as a note. <laughs> it's,
0: just, it's funny that you bring up philosophy because um, it was, I took a philosophy class two years ago, almost three now. And I was in the closet still at that time. Um, I was, you know, miserable. But I had but I had a settlement uh from a car accident that I was in. So you know it was still a good time because, you know, money and stuff. But um and I went to this college, but it was on soon because it was in the pandemic and i had a philosophy class and i met this man and they asked me why am i excited to be in class and i said yes i'm excited to be in this philosophy class i and this is funny looking back i was like i mean, this is i've waited my whole life to to have a college course philosophy class and i'm so ready to be here and then and then he basically said that um, the reality is, the biblical is like whatever the Bible says, and it's biblical truth. And so I was like, "What?" And then we fought like every class for like two weeks. And then on February second, Groundhog Day, um, he said it was wrong to be queer and wrong, like wrong to be gay, wrong to be trans, and like I, I fought him so hard on that. And well, I guess in, in the terms that Lucy would provide, that cracked my egg because. I got so angry that this man told me that it's wrong to be gay that I realized that like this is the person, like this kind of person is why I'm denying who I am as an individual and then I just, I came out and then uh, I started going to a drag show and that's when I met Della who's been on this show three times now and changed my life. And. Um, so you're saying one trans. of those
4: degenerate college professors, one of those liberals <laughs> <Yeah>. enticed you with <laughs> no, right? weird lifestyle. No,
0: he was a Republican. No, was, I know, was, I know. I just want there. to know
2: under what philosophy, on, under what framework of philosophy, do you come to the conclusion that it's immoral? To be gay or trans, like
0: he's a he's a
3: deontologist.
0: Well, I have it yeah. on Zoom if you'd all like to listen to it one day. <laughs> so it's it's I, all I, about how like they feel that their
5: their God has gone out and been like, yo, hey, I got this rule, this list of rules that uh, is only ten long, even though the whole book says it's like six. It's
2: not it's not philosophy. It's theology. It's mean, it's you this, are yeah,
5: this, using this, smarts, and they don't like that this, as much as I hate Jesse pointing out how terrible that episode my musical show is <laughs> but it, it goes, well, it's,
0: it's goes funny to, like, because that's this that, well, uh, no, that man he he literally told me that because this guy descartes Rene descartes philosopher right renee descartes, descartes yeah said that what he said to, he said i think therefore i am and this guy said to me because descartes could think he could then doubt himself and because he could doubt himself that proves god and i was like what so and that goes
1: back to the Adam, the the uh, the tree of knowledge, garden of Eden bullshit sort of thing of like we are all inherently awful human beings, like and we drink from the tree of knowledge, we eat from the tree of knowledge, and therefore we learn self actualization and thereby we become awful, like so aware of our awfulness or
4: whatever. And yeah, yeah. well, yeah, yeah. The spiritual Doubtless, hippies
0: will say that the that the apple actually was just a mushroom.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Doubtless that awful. college professor had a lot of shame experience in their life. You know, oh,
5: I always uh, saw the forbidden just, just, fruit as like a metaphor for knocking boots because they're like, holy shit, I'm naked. They're like, oh, it's a fig. We all know what else looks like a fig. Oh, yeah. That is yeah, terrible. that's that was my
0: hypothesis in my oh. uh, one of my weird college courses. Yeah, I went through weird phases where like spirituality tried to explain everything. So they were like the apple actually is this like psilocybin mushroom. and I was like,
3: Well, we, we, we can oh. talk about that when we inevitably have Joe Rogan on the show.
5: <laughs> and then we can all do DMT together and be like,
3: Whoa,
1: "What's but I going mean, on?" Oh. But I mean, listen to that story too. If we're if we're putting into the framework that we've been talking about, like the whole idea, if if, if it is like. You eat from the tree of knowledge and thereby you like do something for yourself, not God. It's the same thing of like yourself actualizing for yourself as opposed to the system, the authoritarian telling you what to do. Thereby it is wrong to do that. You should just be this. You should be (laughs) Lord of the beasts, Lord of the animals, but you are just an animal based down. And you should never uh, like move outside of the system itself because that will lead you astray. Yeah, they're like, get back okay. in your box. Exactly. Don't get out of the box. Oh my God, they said that, that. Yeah.
0: that in the partner movie. Get back. Mm-hmm. Mark, Mark Mariana, you didn't say a word. Sorry. You to my Mariana, uh, I will yeah, jump how through are this you, How are you doing? I'm doing... I'm
1: alive.
6: I'm alive, yeah. and that's... Some days good enough. To, do you yeah. want
0: to respond to everything they said, and then I'll just snip it in right there in the middle of each of those? Yes,
6: things? no, absolutely. I feel like the musical episode was overrated um you know what i feel like broadway would be better if we moved it to los angeles and okay yeah i agree um, with that
0: <laughs> you know i agree with that i'm gonna snip those and sn- snip to those
6: any way you see fit watch me i swear to god it'll be so funny <laughs>
0: I wonder if I could uh, tell my doctor that. So mm-hmm. If there was any way you see fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> snip, snip. Anyway, um, well, this has been fun. I really enjoyed this. Jesse, I'd love to have you on again. We're going to keep recording all the way up until November. Without Lucy, she's leaving in uh, November. So she'll be back new in face. March. Yay. 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 New Yeah, March. I'm excited March
5: to see new face. Yeah. Me and Marla yeah. are going to have new faces. Remember, take our old faces. Use
0: them for
1: crime. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I wish I had kept my old. I wish I had kept my old face. <laughs> well, it's so good to have kept you. it thanks around. So thank you for having it, me. Yeah, I hope we.
0: I hope this turns out to be a great episode. I think it was. Um, I think we, we we talked a lot. It was nice. I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm just happy that everyone was here with us and that we got to share this time together. So, I guess you know this is uh, this is this is it. This is an episode. We're done. I guess. So, Aria, thank you for being here, and thank and Lucy, for thanks for being here, and Athena. Thank you it is always here. my pleasure. Yes. Mariana, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Marla, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Jesse, Jesse Jinder. Oh my God. So happy to have you here. It's the coolest thing. So I can't wait to hopefully you'll come back with us again. Yeah, and please,
1: please, always, always always these conversations like this conversation on the last time you are on were always great. So we should oh do it. and yay. we oh should God, hang Wilson. out in San yeah. Diego sometime. So <laughs>
0: fantastic. Well, everyone, this is this has been great. So Jesse, if you could block out November fourth, I'll come visit in San Diego. <laughs> so yeah. Marlo, when are you All coming right. to
5: visit California?
2: You know, um I, I keep telling um you, you know, all know Lucy, the other Lucy, uh, Lucia uh, uh, on TikTok, Lucy Thinks Aloud? Uh,
0: yeah, I think so. You probably know
2: And she's always coming out here. In fact, I'm having brunch with her tomorrow. And I keep being like, I need to come out there for. You months. do. It's amazing. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, I've been out there for tour, but I've uh-huh. never been to California for pleasure, only work. Oh.
1: There's so many queer spaces. Like,
5: Je- Jesse, have you been to Hillcrest yet?
1: No. I literally have gotten here and I've been working. Like, I have not explored. Like, today, like, tomorrow is going to be my day to explore, but I might be invited to, like, a thing tomorrow. So, I was like, God it, I never can get away-, away from work. So, yeah, I have not mm-hmm. had any chance to explore at all. Though, oh, uh, yeah, my, we're my taking – My partner does um, uh, roller derby in San Diego, so, like, we could – What's their pronouns? My partner does roller derby out here. Hell yeah. Roller derby. Is, I wish I could do it. I would just get bruised and beaten, but she she is great at it. Roller yeah, my so partner's
2: way. at RollerCon right now.
1: Oh, in Vegas? Yeah. That's where my partner is right now. Too. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably beating each other up. It's great. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so exciting. What a small
0: world. Yeah.
5: See, uh, if I sure. take up roller derby, that means all three of you will have something in common. <laughs> now we just got to get Stephanie into it, too. Oh, fantastic this is wait exciting.
1: are you in so, roller derby huh are no. you in roller derby oh okay i thought you were it's like because then uh-huh. you might know her because she she does roller derby here it's like you know my partner it'd be funny Mom, i didn't like... even know we had a roller derby thing
5: down
0: here yeah yeah, yeah. i am lucy uh, i want to I... visit because i looked up some beaches in san diego and i'm already plotting like one of the beaches i want to go to it's like really yeah, as creepy. long as it's not
5: black's beach
0: well no it's like there's uh-huh. this to like walk down like along the beach and then like walk through some like sides of the cliffs, and then, like, it turns into... A- oh, so that's in uh,
5: Carlsbad. That's l- right next to my house. W- yeah, you're talking about like, the one where it has those... There's two. There's either La Jolla or the one in Carlsbad where... You, the one in La Jolla has the sea lions. The one in Carlsbad has the uh, a bunch of rocks that you go through. Or are you talking yeah, about the one in... You go through the rocks, the and then
0: you go onto the other side, and it's, like, just a secluded beach area with big cliffs and, like, Way off. You have to walk down the beach like a half a mile or a mile or whatever.
5: Oh, that then, that could be a lot of them. That could be the one in um, Malibu that I used to go to. I don't know. I'll send you the TikToks that I've. Yeah, just send it there. to me. I'll tell you where it's at. I've been up and down the beach. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah, Mar- Marla, up, yeah. Marla, you got to come too, and you, Mar- Mariana. Yes, yes, yes. I got to meet this I one. don't know <laughs> when my I, I
2: don't know when my tits are getting done. So. <laughs> well,
6: Do you I, have? I, uh, any good national parks nearby? That's our, our current uh hyper fixation yeah. for vacations.
5: There are plenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't go in them because you know they're bugs and I like indoor plumbing and um AC because as you can see this chocolate bitch melts. Maybe I'll have like to drag AC. your ass out somewhere sometime.
0: Oh you're like gonna AC. drag me? Oh god, outside. If yeah. I could just go outside but no, like the me. AC outside on, at all times would be nice.
5: Oh. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna run too because it is hot and I need to get some air because my apartment does AC.
0: Okay, well, everyone, wait, Arya, you don't have AC? No, I do.
3: We've had it all this entire time because it's too loud and we can't hear anybody. Ah, oh. Wow. Nope. you're
0: nice and sweaty now because of me.
6: sacrifices. <laughs> sacrifices for the art.
3: Oh, well worth it.
0: Wow, well it worth gives it. you a lovely glow. It does. Yeah, that's I'm so, wet. I'm so yeah. happy. I'm so happy that yeah. I made somebody and and I uh, like. 2000 miles away from me sweat my lord it's not that hard to make me sweat
5: just put me in a hot room
0: mercy well <laughs> mercy
6: yes well anyway or do you want that in pleasant. japanese Oh, yeah.
0: say, say, say goodbye in japanese say goodbye with our name i just
5: show, did please. ja matane is how you say it in uh normal uh a you don't normally say sayonara that means like i'm never gonna see you again or you could say sayonara oh. which means goodbye forever but maybe someday we'll meet again so most say people goodbye, just say, say goodbye ja. for
0: now on the trans narrative podcast
5: so you just say ja matane ja. ja like yes in german ja. ja except with a j so ja, ja. 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 ja matane
0: ja, ja. no 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 ja Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That means so much. Thank you. Okay. Well, Jesse, Marla, Mariana, I'm going to message all of you. I'll just follow up email and it's been so nice. I'll see y'all soon. Bye. Bye Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Everyone, if you like this episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. This podcast is available on Apple, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, Google, or YouTube. Today's episode was recorded on August 26, 2023. Today's show was hosted by Caroline Penny, Aria Lackey, Dina Permacus, and Lucy Balzano. Today's guest was Jesse Gender, Marla Alpert, and Mariana Bosquet. Trans Narrative Podcast was created and produced by Caroline Penny. Music provided by Athena from Akwes. This episode was brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. If you'd like to reach out, learn more, be a guest, or are looking to get involved with the show, email us at transnarrativepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. The Trans Narrative Podcast is dedicated to fostering a safe and inclusive space for the trans community. It provides a platform for trans individuals to connect, share their stories, and find support within their own community. Thanks for joining as we hear the stories of gender diverse people and celebrate our community.